Hello, how are you? How are you? I am Nate, host of or short, um, host of the Artist Exchange Radio Show. I'm here every Friday at 5 p.m. Uh, for your pleasure and your entertainment, uh, apparently. Uh, but today we have a special guest. Uh, we're going to be talking food and passion and all that jazz. Today's topic is what is your recipe to success? Uh, figuring out your Oh, sorry. I keep forgetting to turn my phone down. Um, but figuring out those things that help you to succeed, you know, in today's world, especially in the last couple of years, last five or 10 years, there's been all of these gurus that come out with their methods to your success. And you go through those methods. And for some people, it works. And for other people, it doesn't. Uh, because I think we all are different in our approach and in our intentions. So what would work for you will not necessarily work for the next person. So figuring out what best works for you. So in the first couple of minutes, my little gripe session, um, we are almost two years into a pandemic, going into the third year of it, um, in the third year of it. Uh, and I feel like these companies, I understand the mom and pops because they have less employees, uh, but these big conglomerate companies, it is, too much time has passed that you can't figure out your customer service call. I don't want to hear any more computer-generated automated systems telling me due to COVID-19, I got to go around the Mulberry Bush in order to get my problem solved that is your company's fault. Um, uh, even something as simple as paying bills or reaching out to, so you can hear actual voice, computer-generated information is just typically addressed the most asked questions, but it doesn't necessarily get you to your answer. So that's my gripe for the day. Come on, customer service, get it together. Even the mom and pops, you know, let's, you've had enough time to kind of get some type of system going. Even if it doesn't work, I want to see some effort. I don't want to hear the same automated system from March of 2020. Uh, but I'm, a, I'm not going to gripe no more. Uh, but uh, there's no customer service if they're, it, it, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> there's no customer service if, if, if not, they're all sick. But, you know, I've been working from home for a minute now, and I think we've had enough time to get the security features so people can work from home. I know too many people working from home for, it, for only customer service agents not to be able to. So let's, let's get that together, figure things out, you know, take that rent money you're trying to pay for that brick and mortar office and put that into your security features for customer services so you can open back up, point blank, period. You got to know all, all your prices went up, though. So I think you're making enough off of me to be able to afford security for your at-home customer service. But that's, that's neither here nor there. If you're watching, please take a moment to like, share, subscribe. You can uh, pick this up on YouTube as well as Facebook, or you can go to our website at www.theexposedradio.com. And you can watch it live there. And uh, if you click at the top of the screen, it'll come up in a few minutes. You'll be able to access this from most major 
I think of now all digital platforms. So definitely stay tuned, stay locked in for that. Um, today's guest is Ms. Joy Williams. Uh, we'll be talking to her. If you want to be a guest, hit me up at either the Artist Exchange Radio Show at gmail.com or you can send us a message at beexposed at info at beexposedradio.com and we'll gladly. Uh, I said beexposedradio.com. I had it. I said beexposedradio.com. Uh, and then we can uh, get on board and get you on here for your personal life. Did you reread that? I did say beexposedradio.com. Oh, beexposedmedia. Dot com. Is that separate or are we not radio.com no more? It's both. Okay, okay. So that's Marnie. He is um, a fearless, fearless leader. Um, a couple more things. Check out the Artist Exchange radio show page on Facebook, Instagram, our Artist Exchange page on uh, YouTube as well for all updates and things that are coming. I'm currently working on a couple projects, so you'll be able to find information there where you can watch me on other platforms as well. I'm just trying to diversify myself and in this new year and get all that I can get out of this media world. So um, yes, thank you. And um, uh, without further ado, our guest for today, Miss Joy Williams. <laughs> hello, How are you doing hello. today? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Can't complain. Uh, happy to be here. Happy to uh, chop it up with you. See what we uh, what this combo uh, has in store. I've been watching you on YouTube, and one thing that I noticed, you are a happy person, and I'm glad that you're bringing that energy into this space today. Uh, because it's snowing, I'm looking at snow coming down out of the window, and I'm I'm not feeling that. But uh, we're gonna make this a great interview. Um, Joy was recommended to me by another great uh, individual, Mr. D.B. Marshall, uh, and he's been sending us some awesome individuals. So you're next on the list of awesome individuals as individuals that we'll be talking to. So uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, where you're from, and what you do. All right. Well, my name is Joy Williams. I'm born and raised in Miami, Florida. All right. 305, baby. <laughs> oh, that crazy Florida. Yeah. <laughs> you said crazy Florida? <laughs> yeah, uh, they headlines always got something crazy with Florida. But um Is yeah, I'm from Miami. Yep, born and raised. Okay. Born and raised, yeah. I am twenty-seven years old. Um I am a career firefighter, but on the side, my true passion is being a vegan chef. Okay. And that's really what that's really what um SB um that's why he told you about me. <laughs> So, I mean, both of those fields are very demanding, being a chef, uh, as well as being a firefighter. I know quite a few firefighters who are uh, awesome at what they do, and a bunch of chefs, but you've chosen to come, kind of tackle both worlds. Why, Why? first of all, why uh, a rescuer? Uh, as a little girl, I saw the, the fire department came to my school. I was like in like very young elementary school and there was a woman firefighter on the truck before i saw that lady i've never seen a woman firefighter let alone mm -hmm. a black firefighter any of that so it really it right. stuck with me and just as i grew up i said you know what i'm going to be a firefighter too and so a dream came true and at 22 years old i'm 27 now uh, at 22 years old i'm a firefighter how are the hours for that because i know some people volunteer do it and some people it's like a full-time part-time like how are the hours for that Right. So for career firefighters, uh, it's, it depends on the department, but my department is 24 hours on and then 48 hours off. My God, my God. 
How do y'all do that? Uh, honestly, with anything in life, you adjust, you get used to it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's normal to me now. And of course, you're not you're not rescuing and putting out fires 24 hours a day, but you, you're at the station or on call for that amount of time, correct? Right. It honestly depends on what uh, station you work at, because some stations, 24 hours a day, baby, you won't go. And then other oh, wow. stations, it's a little more chill. So it just depends on where you're working. Okay, okay. I, I know it's a, a field that can kind of get you into other fields. Have you thought about going the medical route or um, have you been on the, like the ambulance side of it, like paramedic side of it as well? Uh, so the way that it works, I'm actually a firefighter paramedic. Um, okay. Fire rescue is combined Well, for my department. It's not the mm-hmm. same everywhere, but specifically for me, it's combined. You can, mm-hmm. even, even if someone pulls up to your house in an ambulance and a, a rescue truck, they're still firefighters. So we're capable right. of doing both sides, medical or fire. Okay. Okay. That's, that's a, I mean, I've, had to have the help of a firefighter before, and I know that job is is very thankless because people don't think about them until they, you know, need help. So, and y'all y'all supply a lot of other services as well. But um, on the side of being a chef, why cooking? Honestly, I got into cooking by mistake. <laughs> oh wow! Wow. Um, yeah, in in June twenty eighteen. I went for one month. I said, you know what? I'm going to try out being a vegan because I was on my health journey. I, I hit a little plateau. So I'm like, let me try veganism, lose some weight for this month, and then I'll go back. But I really enjoyed how my body felt. Like, I was like, yo, I feel different. I'm going to stick with this. And you can't eat out all the time. Whether you're vegan or not, you can't eat out all the time. So you I shouldn't. Shouldn't. How to... shouldn't. Oh, go ahead. I know I was saying you shouldn't. That's a fact. You don't know what they're putting in your food. Ooh, very wretched out here. Yeah. But, in terms of being a vegan chef, I know that is a specialty that I, I see a lot of more, a lot more people that look like us getting into. They've always been vegan spots, but I've seen an explosion of them. I've never, I've in the last couple of years here in Baltimore, we've had more strictly vegan restaurants. Typically, they have a vegan menu or mm-hmm. vegan options, uh, but the idea of just a totally vegan restaurant is something that, especially in urban cities, are starting to pop up on every other corner now. So are you, you're more of like a personal chef or are you getting a brick and mortar soon or? Uh, Honestly, my end goal, I see myself being the vegan Martha Stewart. So it'll be more so um, personality. Lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. So you'll know the name, you'll know the brand, but I won't be the chef in your restaurant cooking. You'll oh, be at the restaurant she gonna be the boss. <laughs> Say I'm the owner, not operating. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but it's it's uh, I have in the pandemic. I think I've stuck to vegan eating more uh, than I have ever before because it's it's hard. It's hard. It's expensive, um, and it's ways around it. But for the most part, if it's not something that you want, it's not gonna it's not gonna happen for you. Um, mm-hmm. you have to want, you have to want it. And for me, I, I laugh a lot for people, but, uh, <laughs> I have to call my food something else because I can't just do the substituting method where right. you say I'm eating chicken, but I know how chicken tastes and how it pulls and how it, it fries. And it's right. just, right. so mm-hmm. for me, it was just calling it something else. What has been your, your specialty in terms of being vegan? 
Honestly, I do it all. I'm I, I'm really good at baking. I'll have you ten, woo, get you some muffins, get you some cookies. I'm really good at baking. I'm also really good at reading stuff. Um, right well, now, let's, let's pause for a second. Now, I'm I'm on the other side, on the savory side of it. But um, in terms of sweets and the desserts, I'm I don't think I'm there yet because because mm-hmm. it takes a lot of chalk. When you go to these other places. They vegan desserts taste like chalk, and that you probably haven't had a good experience. I, I somebody um, bought me some uh, pudding. Now I'm not a big okay. pudding eater, but I love a good banana pudding. And when I say it was um, avocado all throughout that, and I was so mad. And one, I, I know the food is is can't be what I want it to be, but I need I need them to start working on flavoring and the seasoning uh. of it all. Because I thought that's what vegetarian and vegan food really was, except when you get to the raw side of vegan. But it's all about the seasoning and and uh, no, you something, right. How do you make this food taste good? Because you're about to make me come down to Florida for a second. Uh, listen, take that trip and I got you. Big place. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. any food, whether it's chicken, whether it's shrimp, whether it's steak, you need to season. You need to use some herbs. You need to use some spices. I don't care what you're making. If you you right. can make leaves taste good, right? I've gotten over season. textures mm-hmm. because, like the vegan shrimp, is this about the texture? You know, is is many things that y'all substitute. But for me, mentally, I had to get over the texture of the food because sometimes mm-hmm. vegan food may be a little bit tougher mm-hmm. or a little bit mushier, yeah, like softer, not mushy, but more soft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eat if you're eating an actual piece of chicken. Got you. Got you. The, the little stick being inside of the vegan crumbs. I mentally I had to just get myself over it. But what helped me was I started cooking myself. So I understood <laughs> what it was, brother. Because some of these restaurants, you you eating sauteed rubber bands. And that's what ah! it <laughs> it's just, you know, it's but you bet. have to start cooking it's yourself. Mm-hmm. So you're eating. It is cooked to your taste. So you're, okay. if I'm heavy-handed with seasoning, it's going to taste better for me to cook it versus if somebody else was heavy-handed with it. But yeah. um, why? But why make it a career though? That's an expensive, expensive, expensive uh, option. Honestly, being vegan doesn't have to be expensive. And I, I get that a lot. A lot and on the restaurant side of it, like cooking for people. Oh, 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 gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I'm just moving in my passion. I really enjoy cooking. Um, and, and with all of the details that I learned um, with the food industry mm-hmm. and all of the lies that they've told us, I'm on. not only am I on the wave of I love to eat, but also they're, they're killing us. Mm. You know, they're putting ratchet stuff into our food. So not only do I want to give you good flavor that that's um, uh, alternative from getting chicken that have all these hormones and, and been fed crazy stuff and they're under stress and all the stuff like that. But oh, sorry, all the stuff you talking about. So outside of that, I also just want to teach you like, hey, you can still have good flavor and it'd be healthy for you. It's not destroying your body. It's not making your kidney shut down. It's not giving you ailments 10, 15, 20 years from now and you're still getting that flavor. Right. So really... It's just a whole passion for me, so that's that's why. And and for me is, I think if you're thinking about for me from my perspective, if you're thinking about going vegan. 
um, I would suggest that you start fixing the food first before you like go out to restaurants to eat. So you're not supposed to be eating out every night of the week. Uh, but we're we're busy people sometimes. It, it works out that way. But mm-hmm. start at least trying it at home or implementing it into your diet. Just to go cold turkey. I've tried this since I was like in my early 20s before I even got really heavy. And I really tried to, you know, I would do the cleanse and then ease into it, but then I will just go cold turkey. And then right. I'd be ready to fight somebody because I wanted to <laughs> Popeye's chicken. Right. So, um, but how do you suggest for people who are still on-the-go people and they have to often choose, you know, eating out, how do you suggest that people implement a vegan diet in terms of best case scenarios in terms of choosing food when they're eating out? Uh, oh, we're eating out? Um, be, because the options can be limited, especially depends on your area, You it, w- it would be best, number one, it would be best to cook for yourself, have your meals set up for yourself. When you go somewhere, have your snacks with you. But if you're going to be eating out and you're on the go, you have to know where your go-to places are. Mm. And a lot of times when you're transitioning, the, you always having the vegan meat replacements. And that's cute. It's going to get you to get into the lifestyle. But in the long run, you don't want to always only have the alternatives, the fake meat, the fake sausage. You don't want to have that as your main thing because you might as well be eating meat at this point. They're still putting a lot of ratchet stuff in that food. It's still processed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the thing. And that's the frustrating part of it because you think you're doing something better. And it's not. You know, I, I that's why there's a such thing as, I remember, what was her name? Chrisette Michelle, she wrote the book about being a fat vegan because there are still ways to, you know, get fat and you're eating right. those processed foods or still have suffer from some of the same ailments because ailments they're still putting things in that food to preserve it and, uh, 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 you know, still it's still chemical-based, some of yeah. that stuff. Not all of it. But some of that stuff is. Now, can you tell us the difference between vegan and vegetarian? Yes, uh, vegetarians, they still have dairy. So they'll drink milk or they'll have eggs, things like that. When you're vegan, you don't you don't have any milk. You don't have any eggs. Um, a lot of people, they say you can't have honey as a vegan because it's a byproduct of bees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's a little, y'all doing too much. But um, apparently you can't have honey as a vegan. So, yeah, things I- like that. I never heard that, but that makes sense. It, it kind of makes sense, but and that's the confusion for all, all these different rules. Because what used to, what we used to think was a, a healthier way of eating is now a lot of that stuff is being debunked. You know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of eased this go round. I eased into it by eating like Boca burgers and and trying to oh. transition myself out. And then I've realized, you know, I've got this book of like, I think it's like 100 recipes for a burger, which is my favorite meal outside of chicken. Um, okay. And I've just learned different ways of making a burger. And it tastes good. Like the, I started getting used to tasting a Boca burger. Now, gotcha. only because they put the little grill, the little smoke, smoke in mm-hmm. there. So it, it gave it that flavor. But I started realizing, oh, I can eat a bean burger. I can, you know, you know, I can fool around with cauliflower, but then people's like, well, no, that's not really healthy for you. What do you suggest people do when they're first starting in on a vegan diet? Well, number one, I say don't beat yourself up trying to be perfect. 
Because it's a, it's, a journey, <laughs> it's a journey, it's a process. You're not going to get it mm-hmm. overnight. That's what anything, not just, you know, transitioning to being a, even if you're not trying to transition, if you still eat meat and you're just trying to eat healthy, it's all a journey. Don't beat yourself up. It's one day at a time. Right. So if you, you usually eat a, a tub of ice cream a day and, and drink three sodas, tomorrow eat, drink two sodas and eat half the tub. That's progress. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. so just, just slowly at your own pace. Especially if it's a health reason, you know, really do it in moderation because it could shock your system and you don't yep. want to be frustrated. For me, in the beginning, when I first started doing it, it was a lot of anger. So this, at least during the pandemic and me doing it, I had less of an attitude problem. Still wanted a piece of Popeye's chicken. You know, <laughs> and, you know, I'm not, I'm not even going to say I've been 100%, but I've really, I have a taste for it now. Even when it goes to just you know, I'm not a big junk food eater, but I do like my brownies and my cake and my ice cream. But it's just figuring out how to implement it into my diet because it's just it, that's why I said on the sweet side of it, y'all got to do better. It, I just got to see improvement across the board because I just maybe I got to come taste yours. Listen, I, I actually in December I dropped my first uh, ebook and it's a holiday desserts ebook. I got cinnamon baked apples in there. I got chocolate chip cookies in there. I got lemon pound cake in there. Listen. Okay, I hear you talking. I understand. It it really depends on where you go. You got a lot of these vegan places, and and they ain't they they ain't hitting. It make you want the Popeye's chicken. You like what is oh, that? Say rubber bands. That's what I'm saying too. Come on, that's what I'm saying. So I got the flavor. I got the ooh. I got da 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 da. And then it's it's things like soy. Like I should not be consuming or over consuming soy as mm-hmm. a man. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's and it's certain things that I'm I'm it's too many rules. So when are you gonna write that book? Yeah. A lot of these rules and helping us break because people write about stuff, but they've not really given us the honest truth when it comes to you know it's it's you still have to have a diet depending on the individual and then whether you're male or woman and then whether you used to eating soul food or Junk, like it's so many different rules when it comes to how we should be eating. Um, is is that one of the one one of the reasons you started? I, I don't think you finished telling us why you decided to become vegan yourself. Um, well, I was I was on my health journey. I was losing weight. I had a you know, I had got a little little chunky or whatever like that. So I was coming down, and mm. I hit a plateau in my weight loss. So that's why I tried vegan for one month. Um, like you said, in regards to what works for people? What should they do? What shouldn't they do? There's no general outline. Everybody is different. For me, I, if I consume soy, I don't see any problems. That I, I, don't, I don't. I try my best to stay away from soy, but if I do have it, I don't break out. I don't feel any type of way. My girlfriend, if she has soy, she's getting bumps on her face. She's feeling fatigue. You know, so everybody is it's individual for everybody. Man have- boobs. Stuff like that. Right, exactly, exactly. So you 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 know you know a little bit about your body. You been um observing something that but that's why I said this go round because I've been trying this since I'm 38 now. So since I was probably like 21 and I tried it for the first time, each time I've done it, I've been able to do it for a longer period of time. And this right. time I just knew I was more, you know, in your 20s, you you don't think about going to no doctor, you don't think about getting right. hurt. But now in my 30s. Mm-hmm. You know, when when things start not functioning the way it did when you were 10 years younger, you mm-hmm. start realizing, okay, let me understand my body more. And I realized it was things that I used to be able to eat. Mm-hmm. One, they taste differently now. Mm-hmm. You know, 
they, my body reacts to things. I've always been lactose intolerant, but when I, if I even try to eat any dairy, like it's, it's, it's not even just a, a stomach thing. It's just, I feel it. I'm overly mucus filled and stuff like that. So I'm learning how to not just eat the right way, but just really understand what I'm eating, when I'm eating, how much of it I'm eating. And cause I'm already at, like, I'm the person that goes to a restaurant and I get the same meal when I go to this restaurant, when I go to that restaurant, because I just, yeah. I don't eat a lot of stuff. So that's what made being a vegan even more difficult. Cause that shrunk the yeah. even more. Um, in terms of you, you know, us being in a pandemic, how has it been? One on the side of you being a, a rescuer, how has that been? I'm sorry, that's what I've always called firefighters. Uh, mm -hmm. But um, how how has it been on you dealing with that health wise and staying safe and being put in contact with people that are sick or hurt or harmed? Um, I would say when it when the pandemic first hit, uh, it was a little bit more stressful because at that time I was uh, living with my mom. So I would mm -hmm. be a little weary of coming home because home. I, I just had three COVID patients today, you know, and they was in the truck and they coughing, you know, so I would be a little more weary. But as time goes on, um, I haven't had COVID this whole entire time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, I just take all my precautions. I put I wear all of my um all of my PPE, make sure if you doing all that, go ahead, turn your head that way. And, <laughs> and then transitioning that into you being, you cooking for people. How did that, you know, how was that for you? You know, staying safe COVID, and making COVID, sure you COVID, wasn't doing too much. COVID, COVID allowed me to throw myself into the game how I wanted to. Um, mm -hmm. When the pandemic hit, the very first thing I ever sold was immunity juices. I'm like, you know what? People getting sick, this is what they need. So I started mm -hmm. selling juices. I went from juices, I started doing meal prep. Yeah, I need to be healthy. Let me meal prep for you. So COVID, on the business sense, and it, it really helped propel me very far. Now, you live in somewhere like uh, Miami. That's a big seafood place. How are you getting these people to, you know what? Don't go get the crab legs. Come over here. <laughs> How are you able to, you know, manage that part of it? Oh, well, my Instagram is fine, fine, lemon lime official. And if you just scroll on there right quick, your mouth is start watering and you will understand like, nah. Well, I, was, I, was, I, was, I said I was following you on social media, <laughs> but again, pictures can be looking alive. you know, I, I need to taste it. Even before I even open the cookbook up, I mm -hmm. want to taste it. You know, yes. I want to see what it come out for you. Gotcha. And what that, what that recipe going to do for me? My so. whole market ploy is to make it as desirable as possible so that you have no choice but to be like, oh, you selling? Let me get that. Mm. And for me, like, it's certain things that I love. Like, I love a chicken cheesesteak. I love a burger. I love mm -hmm. meatloaf. I love, I just say, all meats. <laughs> I love even fish. I, I love salmon. So yeah. it's, you know, I still eat it, but I'm mm -hmm. not maybe once a month now or, yeah, exactly. you know, every other week I'll maybe have some. You know, I love mashed potatoes. Now I've, I've learned how to substitute the cauliflower and make that my mashed potato and season it and, you know, no butter, but season it is. <laughs> they got vegan butter. You can throw the vegan butter in there. I mean, not every time, mm -hmm. but 
Y'all just starting to get y'all just starting to get the cheese th- together. I'm the butter not there for me yet. I'm 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 trying it as it come out. I taste it. Uh-huh. Maybe let me. Well, you got to start making butter then. You gotta. That's you can name. make butter. You can make butter from scratch, and also um they have different brands. They have oh man. It's a really popular butter brand. I can't think of the name right now, but they have mm-hmm. vegan options and they have like, they have it made with olive oil. They have it made with almond oil and it, it tastes like butter. Like it tastes like butter. I just, I literally just started eating the, so they just started creating cheeses that I like. I've tried a certain couple different types of butter and I'm just, you know, Ooh. I'm a country boy. You can't, you can't okay. give me anything okay. and just think. Right, this butter. Um, call it butter. Uh, uh-uh, you're not gonna do that. Uh, gotta, I mean, they gotta do what it do. But it, it, so, my topic for the day was your recipe for success and you finding ways to step your way into this field because I'm sure it was the same way down there. Restaurants and people making dinners was popping up. I mean, they had the time and, and, and the access to finances now to be able to do that. How are you with the the business side of it? You mean how is it be- the next best thing and my, my my food gonna leave you, you know, mouth watering. So how are you competing in this world where it was the last couple of years it's been an abundance of new, you know, restaurants starting. Mm, so the the way that I do myself is not necessarily restaurant themed um i have a following i got clientele that's hitting me up like yo like when you're cooking so i like to do a scarcity type of model where you can't get me all the time so when i when i'm doing my advertising and i gotta sell a week from now tap in so i do it in that way and again with the marketing like i said i need you to i'm I'm gonna pour it on heavy you're gonna be mouth watering drooling no i need that so that's the way that i do mine um, you can't get it all the time, and when you do have the opportunity, people take advantage. Okay, okay. I'm I'm listening to you because when I when I taste the food, I don't want no hard <laughs> feelings. But I'm okay. I'm really I'm I'm a I'm black. We eat at the drop of a dime. Somebody Correct. dies, somebody's born, married, all that, divorce. We eat. So that was a big part of my culture, and I'm in the arts. So typically, that's how we get to know each other. That's how we normally network. It's always a spread of something at an art opening or, you know, the opening of a play or, you know, we normally eight after rehearsal. So, you know, and I came from a college world where, you know, you had to just put it together and make it work. So mm-hmm. food was really important to me. And I, you know, I'm trying to figure out ways to make that happen. Even if I'm hiring a chef like yourself, making sure it's flavorful, making sure, you know, you have that, because food is typically attached to memories. So yeah. you want that, you have that memory of it and you want to create that memory uh, in terms of how you're doing it, because you're not necessarily brick and mortar, but it's mm-hmm. more private chefs and, you know, uh, more meal prepping, stuff like that. So how are, why, uh, will we ever see you in a restaurant or your own truck or... How how will we see you expand or grow? So ultimately, uh, I will be the vegan Martha Stewart. Um, and the same way that like Gordon Ramsay, he has a restaurant in Las yes. Vegas, Las Vegas Strip. You know yes. his name and you at his restaurant, but he's not the one cooking your steak. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it, that's how I 
plan to expand. People will be able to franchise out my brand and my name and with okay. the that I wrote. I'm uh, when it before it open up, I will be in the getting y'all right so y'all cook it how these people need it. But after that, it'll be my you know my little mentees, my people that are hired and they're cooking under my so name. You're looking to train people as well, right? Okay, I, I love that. I love that. I, I mean, a part of me, I've always wanted to be a chef, but you know, in the in the chef world, it is. It's a lot of discrimination, um, mm -hmm. and it's very white male dominated or yes. male dominated, um, and young male dom dominated. Um, mm -hmm. How how do you want to change that in terms of the individuals you want to change? Because uh, I was told at thirty, like, uh, you probably want to go be a manager at a fast food restaurant, but to be a chef, it's, it was it was hard to break into it, and I just let it go. It wasn't. My number one passion. That's why it was easy to let it go. But I know a lot of people who have gotten their feelings hurt because that's what they want to do. You know, yeah. even though now you can open up your own restaurant, but that's normally the hard way of doing it. Right, uh, right. But, uh, yeah. How do you yeah. want to change that industry? Um, honestly, I you know I understand what you're saying as far as like breaking in, it's getting hard and da da da. da. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm a black female firefighter. Let's start there. Um, mm -hmm. there's not. A Black people as firefighters to begin with. There's not a lot of females right. to begin with. I'm already a double entendre in this type of world. Um, mm -hmm. I move how I want. <laughs> I make my own. And if I want it to happen, it's going to happen. I would love to, once I do open my locations, to have more black head chefs. And mm -hmm. uh, my the, my I, I know a bunch right now who, you know, they're talented. Listen, I got you. On, I'm watching you. I got you on my list. Because when I go up, I'm taking you with me. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's just how I see it. I don't really care about all those rules and stuff. I make my own rules. I live my own life. And I like that because the when you're when you're trying to learn stuff, we typically go try to learn the right way, white way of doing things. And it's typically is what keeps us behind and what keeps us from really finding that success because we always trying to attach ourselves to how they're doing it so we can succeed. And typically we're not right. their industry wasn't meant for us. Mm -hmm. want to succeed or just be a part of it anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm always interested when I'm, when I specifically for that field or just culinary in general, I'm always interested in seeing a new minority face dominating it or at least making their own, like you said, way in doing it because mm -hmm. you, you're really setting a trend that wasn't meant for us. And, and many of our restaurants that we own don't typically last a long time. Yeah. And there'll be some good food, but it doesn't typically last or the quality goes down because we're focusing too much on the business side that, you know, right. how were you prepared to open a business? Or how did you prepare yourself to open a business? Well, one, um, once I actually get to that, part where okay it's time to start franchising out start you know hiring people getting my plans in place this is how i want the restaurant run yada yada, yada. there will be teams in place um i'm not winging it that's how you like you said our restaurants oh it was doing good man what happened to so-and-so if it was so good no 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 no. this is mm -hmm. not spur of the moment let's open a restaurant it's going to be strategic and i'm going to be methodical with how i do my stuff it's not going to open and only be there for six months like right. no, we we hit a bill. It's gonna it's gonna happen. We gonna have a team in place. We gonna have all the right lawyers, all the right people who know about franchising. All every every piece that I need to put in place correctly will be in place. 
So that's one of the things that I haven't seen done on a big scale is a, a vegan franchise. Um, mm-hmm. What type of atmosphere do you want to bring into that model? Uh, that many people, it normally is on a mom and pop. Um, mm-hmm. it, I've, yeah, I've yet to see a vegan, maybe a couple locations, but I've never seen a franchise. So what do you think you're going to bring to that business model? Have you ever been to um, Finger Licking? Um, I haven't been there. That's why I haven't been there. Got you, got you. Okay, so let me let me kind of give you a detailed ex- explanation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's black people. We got, we got flavor. We got season touch. You know, we got soul to us. Mm-hmm. Place where you come in, the music popping. You know, you can get your fat options. You got the little fried this, fried that. Biscuit mm-hmm. this. You got your brunch options, huh? You got your dinner options. You got cute little lunch menus, happy hour, things like that. I want it to be a vibe. It's not necessarily just about the food. Of course, the food is going to be good. But what gets people to continue to come back and talk about you, talk about you, is the vibe, the mm-hmm. how they feel. Now they're going to be like, man, I had that them, them good um, chicken and waffles at Five Unlimited Lines, and the music was popping. Oh, and they had unlimited most. You know, it's the experience that we bring. So that's 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 how I envision the restaurants. Okay. I, I really, I, I'm... I love it. I can't wait to see it happen because that's something that is really important to me now. Like the way I eat is very important to me because that's that's the one thing that you can control mm-hmm. that we often lose control because we either ordering out too much or eating all the wrong things. Uh, but I, I I wish you much success in that because that's I know that's an uncharted field in terms of mm-hmm. where you want to take it. Right. Um, anybody can open up a restaurant, but when you're when you think as far as you know, expanding, franchising, education, that's that is a vital part to keep us people that look like us going is the mm-hmm. educational portion of it. So teaching people not only the art of cooking, but just the art of eating, healthy eating. That's very important for us. Um, being in, like I said, being in a city like you're in you know, where it's already a big industry to eat opposite of what you're doing. That's a big feat to take on because, you know, people don't like people coming in and dominating. Yeah. (laughs) Or knock you down, you know, trying. But I I wish you so much success in doing that and so many, so much luck in doing that because it's it's just something that we don't see happening right now. Um, And how important is it for you to be a Black business owner or call yourself a Black business owner? I take a lot of pride in that. I really do. Um, because if you leave it to the media outlets to, you know, mm-hmm. give people the perception and view of black people, it, you'll be thinking we little bums on the street. Mm-hmm. They doing an interview, something happened, they do an interview, they got the, the worst display of black people to do an interview with. So um, mm-hmm. it means a lot. I take a lot of pride in it. Now you live in Florida. And it's, Florida don't have the best reputation right now because this is <laughs> The Republicans is really making y'all look bad, yeah. um, more so yeah. than the crime itself or just, you know, things that just happen naturally. Um, how how would you like to change the atmosphere of your, I, I know I don't want to say state right now, but your city. How do you want to at least start from your city? I don't want to put that, the state on your back right now. <laughs> but how do you feel like your contribution, you being a, a great citizen, doing great things, how do you think you can kind of curb that? And can you explain what it's like being there? Is it like what we Because I know Baltimore gets that. You mm-hmm. know, oh my God, it's horrible. Y'all killing each other. 
you know, so I know the day to day may not be like that. So what's the atmosphere like there in terms of the day to day? And then how do you think you can contribute to kind of turning around that narrative that people have of Florida? Mm-hmm. Um, the atmosphere, like with any state, any place you go, any country, it all depends on exactly where you are and what you're engaging in, who you're, you know, who you're around. I know where to go and it and it looked like what's on TV. But I also in my day to day, the the places that I navigate, who I'm around, is very regular. It's regular life. You know what I'm saying? It's there. Oh, I'm in Florida and it's hectic out here. Is you know, it's not like that. Yeah. Um, in regards to how I can make an impact, make a change. Um, one of the first things you said when, when we got on is that you can tell that I'm a happy person and I'm very jolly, things like that. That's just who I am. That's who I, that's what I embody. I'm very positive and very uplifting. Um, I like to enlighten. That's who I am at my core. So whatever I do is automatically going to have that coded in it all over the place. So just me being who I am and making the moves that I'm making is is going to be good vibes everywhere. And uh, I think that it will well, not think, I already know that it will encourage people to do the same and not only change their lives, but also do more positive things. Mm. So tell us, tell us, uh, you're not, we're not finished yet, but I want you to throw out that the information on how people can find you, um, your book that's coming out, um, and how could somebody order your your food? And when you going to start making long distance deliveries? <laughs> when you going to start shipping plates, sweetie? Ah! Listen, they man. got dry ice out there. They got dry ice. They do. They do. You know, you you are have to be like the millionth person to ask me that. And you know what? I, I'm going to sit down. What's and my eat. prize? What's my prize? <laughs> Your prize is a free plate. But once I actually sit down and figure this out, I might be able to ship you some cookies to sign. You well, know, that's that, I said the baked goods. I've, I've got baked goods from England, so I know they can come from Florida. Okay, 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 okay. So, so in terms of that part of it, where are you in the business model in terms of expanding in that way right now? I know right now you're thinking about franchising, but where, where you at right now, what can you do in terms of getting me to do this? Um, again, all right, so for, for me right now, I've, I'm starting to step away from um, direct-to-consumer stuff because ultimately I want to be able to put put Farm Fundamental Lime on um, automation. Okay. You know that's where I'm stepping away from. Uh, I stopped doing meal prep every week because, again, I want to focus on getting to that status of being a vegan market steward. Um, so it's more hands off. I do specific sales now. Um, I advertise way in advance, build up the hype, build up the hype. So when it comes, you're like, man, I've been seeing this plate in different ways for the past two weeks. I want it. So um, that's kind of where I am now. Um, you would have to be in Miami or Fort Lauderdale or something like that to get a plate from me at this space um, in my life. Okay. Uh, I'm heavily, heavily, heavily focusing on building a brand. I'm on YouTube at Undefined Fine Lemon Lime. Uh, I will be, I'm already writing my schedule for what videos I want to make and upload this year. This month, the next month, you know, I'm already writing it. So um, that's where I am now. Mm-hmm. So Fine Fine Lemon Lime, I'm on Instagram, Fine Fine Lemon Lime Official. Can you spell that for real quick? Fine, F-I-N-E, fine, okay. F-I-N-E, lemon, lime, official. Okay. That's me on Instagram. And so I'm just here making the mouths water and getting on YouTube, showing you how to whip up different things. 
and building up the brand, building up the, the recognition so that when people see Farm Farm Lemon Lime, they already know what it is and they're going to want to already eat at the restaurant because they've been seeing me for years and they want my food. And that, it's, it's really, um, I love seeing this type of entrepreneurship happen because it's, you can tell somebody is taking the time to really put into the business model and the business plan um, and not just trying to get something out there. Because for me, it's about quality, especially when you're dealing with people's stomachs. It's about uh, quality. You know, right. I used to, uh, right. actually, I still I still carry my serve safe. Um, I teach the course. So, okay. you know, knowing how somebody gets sick, knowing, you know, temperature, time, abuse, all those things, you know, that as Black people, we normally play it by air. Right, you know, right. but realizing why did I get sick that Christmas? Uh, because you left the food sit down and you've been eating that food a couple of days over the expiration date. You know, mm-hmm. how, how I, I'm sure you know those things, but how important is that in terms of the education and the people that are working for you and supporting you and will be working for you in the, in, in the future? Um, when, once I get to that point where I have employees underneath me and they're handling the food, things like that. They're going to go through from A to Z, everything, all the precautions, how, how um, it's going to be cooked, how it's going to be stored, how it's prepared, you know, everything. There's going to be like many boot camps um, taken in place. So will your, will your restaurants include that meal prep option or will that, will that be part of what you do in the future or will you kind of slowly move away from that? Honestly, um, I plan on having several different models of restaurants. There will be okay. like one that's like, yeah, this is the bread and butter of Fine Fine Lemon Lime, but I also do plan on having uh, some sort of kava bar. Uh, I also okay. do plan on having a meal prep because there's a lot of uh, like jet jet fuel meals and things like that. There's a lot of companies that specialize in meal prep, but there's nobody yeah. that specializes in vegan meal prep. Yeah. So I have a lot of ideas, but again, I can't be trying to do this, this, this. I want to focus in on the bread and butter build up the brand and going, and then it's game over. So in terms of meal prepping in general, and I'm going to get off of this afterwards, but how do you, what's your method in keeping that quality? Because I've done a couple of those meal prep companies and that the quality isn't always good. I don't typically like frozen, cooked frozen food. So when you go to thaw that out, it doesn't always taste the same. And I'm quite sure with vegan, it's, probably going to taste worse. So how do you keep the quality of your food? It, I mean, you know, once you freeze something, uh, yeah, it, just, no, you, it doesn't always come out the way it was when you cooked it. How yeah. do you keep the quality or how do you suggest people who want to start meal prepping keep the quality of their food together, specifically for vegans? I think the, the first thing is what meal you're actually making. There's certain, when I was doing meal prep, there's certain dishes that even though I kill it, I won't put it in the meal prep because it doesn't rewarm the same. Yeah. So let yeah. you go. Got to start there with what meal you're actually making, and then secondly, I like to make myself in a big batch early morning. I'm making everything fresh, and then I put it in the refrigerator, airtight um seal. Don't put no aluminum foil on top. Oh, I'm gonna have this in three days. Put it in the airtight container so that it's it it holds its freshness as long as possible. Okay. Um, like. I really enjoy brown stew jackfruit right now. That's one of my favorite meals that I'm cooking. Um, What's it? Say it again. Which one is brown, it? Brown stew jackfruit. You know, like brown mm-hmm. stew 
got the Caribbean feels, got that coconut rice and peas. It's just when it's just when you say it, like, okay, I've I've had jackfruit as jackfruit, and I've mm-hmm. had it put in place, but brown stew, okay, more. Let me hear more. Let me hear more. <laughs> well, what you want to know about the actual dish? Yeah, I want to. I mean, because you know that's Caribbean, so I need to hear where that's coming from. What what's that hitting on? What what do I put into it? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Okay, well, first of all, jackfruit, um, you use young jackfruit. It's neutral. You can make it taste like anything you want. You want to curry it, you could curry it. You want to brown soil, you want to barbecue, whatever you want. It's neutral. Um, I season it up real good. And then I, I pan oh, fry before, it. Before you finish the recipe, what's the, what's the trick to prepping jackfruit? Because that's the part that I tried it out the can. I tried it fresh cut. Mm-hmm. It's too juicy. It's too juicy? Yeah, it'd be too juicy for me. Like to to really cook it, mm-hmm. you don't want the juices to get in in the seasoning. But how do you do dry it first, or how do you treat the jackfruit and prep it for? You may have to choose a different um brand that of young jackfruit of the can that you're using because okay. the ones that I, they're still solid chunks. They're not mushy. They're not watered down. When I okay. pour that, they they good to go. I pat it and they stay solid. Okay, so you not yeah. you don't have to dry it out before you fix it. No, you don't have the 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 brand that I use. I go to a like an Asian market. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't have to dry it out. It's and you can also go to Trader Joe's. They have cans for two dollars, and theirs is pretty good too. Two dollars? They got something there for two dollars? Two dollars. If you go to Whole Foods, you can hang it up. That is looking like five dollars, six dollars for a can. Right, exactly, exactly. I, so you you. We got the brown stew, so come on, come continue, because I, I might be making that this weekend. It's not what I'm saying. I actually have a reel of this on my Instagram page. Um, okay. it's, I've, I posted it maybe like two weeks ago, so if you go on there, you will see it, but I'll give you like a, another breakdown. And um, I'll, share it out. I'll share that out to you. Okay, got you. Um, you want to you wanna lock in that flavor on the jackfruit, so you want to pan sear it until it got like a nice crisp on it, because now you done locked that, jet, that flavor to the jackfruit. And then you want to go over to the pot, nice little pot. You want to uh, saute down your onions, your ginger, your garlic, your carrots. Mm-hmm. Um, put a, you can you can make brown browning from scratch with like sugar and uh, sugar and water, let it brown, or you can use brown it out of the little container. Mm-hmm. Then you want to put the jackfruit in there, veggie broth, and I, the key to this is better than bouillon. Okay. You put the better okay. than bouillon. And it's gonna get that, it's gonna give it that ooh, okay. And then you want to put some fresh herbs, like thyme. Um, okay. you can't like all but you want to use it in the baggie though, all spice, stuff like that. Thyme, rosemary, things like that. Very it let it simmer. I let it simmer on like uh medium low for like two hours. Let that flavor really just everybody getting taste. Everybody, y'all spinning around. And that's how you make some brown stew jackfruit. Oh yes. See, that's and I'm I'm still at that point right now. That's why I was like, I gotta call it something else because it's going it's gonna make me go back to that Caribbean spot where I get my brown stew chicken from. Yeah. So I gotta <laughs> because it helps me because the flavor rate will never be that. Right, right. It still can be very delicious and very, you know, uh savory. So it's <laughs> my mouth is watering now because I'm thinking of there's the, the Jamaican spot by me. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the too. You just put that in my mind already. But right. um, figuring that out, figuring that out um, in terms of taste and flavor, 
so okay, so I'll, I'll go back. Let me get my mind on back because I'm hungry now. Uh, when you when you're cooking different um, foods, so you're using jackfruit. Um, a lot of people are starting to incorporate jackfruit or cauliflower. Or what's your rule for substituting? So you you the cauliflower instead of the chicken or beef. So how mm -hmm. how are you? What's the rule for you in substituting for vegans? It, it depends on what I'm trying to go for. When I make my crab cakes, I use heart of palm because the flavor is is when I shred it up and make the little patty, it's very similar to how a crab cake, it flakes and, you know what I'm saying? So it just depends on what so, I'm So I'm, I live, I live in Baltimore. We are the kings of crab cakes. So you yeah. have to tell me, that's the one thing that I refuse to eat. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I don't trust you. So okay. you can make a crab cake that's suitable. I'll send you some Obey seasoning, you uh -huh. know? They got the Obey hot sauce and everything now. I'll send it to you. Mm -hmm. But um, I I need you to show and prove this. Listen. I need you to show and prove this. I know you're from Seafood Capital, but um, yeah. It's still I did a brunch sale last year in the summer, and my number one selling dish was my crab cakes and creamy coconut grits. So, okay. I People may not know better. I'm just, I'm not saying it wasn't good, but they may not be from Baltimore. Now, if you get no, a Baltimore right. to eat your crab cake, then, okay. Okay, listen, listen, I'm going to have to take a trip to Baltimore, son. I got to, I got to, I got to Challenge. 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 I got the kitchen for you. Challenge. Okay. Say challenge. less. Challenge. We can, I, you know, I'll, we can set up a arrangement where we do maybe a pop-up shop here or something, but that's the first thing I need you to Say, Nate, here's the crab cake. I need you to come off the plane with that crab cake. Okay. No, 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 no. I need you. I need it to be fresh out the pot. I need it. I need you to get it. A crab cake will be a crab cake no matter okay. when you cook it. Okay. I'm just telling you. Okay. <laughs> cook it that night. Bring it down. Uh -huh. Got you. Say less. That's, a, that's one of the only things. And because I'm from here, that's one. It's just like, you know, I can't go to New Orleans. You know, saying I make the best gumbo without showing and proving. Right, right. Um, right. That's what you say. I can't do that. You gotta mm -hmm. really prove it. Mm -hmm. You know, if it ain't muddy, your 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 roux is too light skinned, then they they not gonna feel it. Got you. So Got when you. We say crab cake. Okay, I, you know we can do it. <laughs> I'll believe you. I'll believe you in this instance. Uh, okay. We have a breaking news thing. Kanye West is allegedly spreading unfounded rumors that Pete Davidson is, you know what, I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm, yeah. I'm not. We, that's, mm -mm. nope. Uh, what's her name? Um, uh, the little YouTuber, she'd have got in trouble. I'm not getting into that world. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm really excited for you. Anything that I can do to help you continue to push the message of your brand um, as you're building it. Um, I love working with new entrepreneurs because your minds are just hungry and you're eager mm -hmm. for it. And it's, I'm seeing so many different entrepreneurs pop up right now. And I'm really excited because I've been, I've been trying to be an entrepreneur for many years and I know how hard it can be. I know, you know in terms of support, what that is building an audience um, and being consistent. 
you know, um, funding your projects and, and getting the support around it. So that is definitely um, something for me. As we're moving, you know, into this new year, we're technically first month is over at this point. Mm. Um, what is your goal, you know, uh, going through this year? Uh, my main goal is to build up the 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 brand, brand up the, the brand recognition. I'm actually shopping for a business coach right now so that I can I, I feel like I'm very good with being disciplined and structured, but I want to take it to the next level and really hop in the fire and get that real like yo, like this, like this, like this. So by the end of the year, I definitely see myself being closer to closer to my 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 um goal of being the vegan master store. The YouTube will be popping. Um, right now I have about 1500 followers on Instagram. I plan to at least, at least at bare minimum, double that by the end of the year. Um, so I just plan on continuing to grow the brand. Mm. Uh, in terms of what you are looking for in terms of audience, you know, are you, I know right now you're concentrating your attention on who you can reach within your area right now as you build a brand, but looking in the next five, 10 years, who do you see your audience being or how far do you see your reach being in the next five years? I actually see it being global all across, um, not just in the United States. Um, okay. I, right now, it's not even just in Florida, just locally to Miami. I I have people that's in my inbox from um, Baltimore, from New York, from Cali. They're like, when you come into Arizona, um, I already have it pretty much expanding in the United States. But okay. in five years, you told me five years? Five years. Man you with it. I'm in Italy with it. Like it's it's going up. As long as I get those plates, you said big plates. As long as I get my big <laughs> plate, you can go wherever you want to go. Okay. Don't, don't play with it. And then that crab cake gotta be number one on the list. Mm-hmm. I want that as a side. I don't want like don't put no bread on it. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Uh but <laughs> I, I I can't wait to see. I love when people have this type of energy for their work and their passion. Um how will the firefighter side broke into that plan as well. Um, I'm actually facing it out. Uh, okay. I don't believe that where I want to be with my fine family line, the chef food portion of my life. I don't believe that I can re- fully embody who I know I can be by still being a firefighter. So it's been great. It was my childhood dream, but you know, I'm gonna have to say my piece with it at some point. That's it's really amazing. You know. Uh, speaking to people who set goals and they accomplish them. And I'm not saying these people don't exist, but we typically work in a world where this is a struggle to find yourself and figure things out. You know, I definitely was one of those people, uh, Mm -hmm. but it's always amazing to me to be in front of somebody who can say, by this time I'm going to do this, and now I'm I'm about to do this. Like, you seem like a really good planner. Uh, Where did that come from in you? Honestly, it's it's just always been there. I've been an athlete, so I've always been very structured, very disciplined. Okay. Okay. And it just it's just been there. It's just in me. Who who do you model yourself after? Like who are those people that you look up to or your are they culinary um greats or who are those people who inspire you or have mentored you even? Um so well of course, mentorship. I, I guess I could count my mom. I know you don't count your mom as a mentor, but I definitely um, look up to her and inspire to her in many ways. She she was a single mom with three kids, and she went to nursing school. So when I look at all this wow. stuff, you know what? 
My mom was working overnight, coming home, have to put up with the kids and still got to study. And I don't have no kids. I don't got no real, you know, stuff that I have responsibilities. And mm-hmm. if she if she could finish nursing school with three kids, I could do anything. There's mm-hmm. no excuse. So that's, I would definitely say my mom. That's cool. Uh, what what type of example do you want to, you know, uh, put out there for other young people coming up that may, you know, you represent them? You know, uh, what type of vibe do you want to put out there for them? Um, just to chase your dreams. Whatever you want to um, accomplish, you can do it. There's no, the only person in your way is yourself. Like we were talking about earlier, how you said in the industry is predominantly white men and uh, they won't let you in. You don't have to let me in. I'm going to go through another door or I'm going to create my own door. So whatever goals that you have, whatever you aspire to be, don't let anybody tell you that you can't because, yes, you can. As long as you go ahead and make it happen. That's it. You're your only obstacle. So how how important is representation for you? You know, you, you're in a field now where even here, you know, we don't typically have a lot of women, specifically black women, uh, firefighters, or, you know, it's more women than probably in the culinary field, but how how important was representation for you across the board um, and you wanting to now branch out into this new endeavor? Uh, rep- representation is very big for me. I do understand that, that like you said, it's not a lot. Uh, first of all, black successful people that you can really look up to and da, 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 but there's also you just you you can't take it lightly, you know. You're black, you're doing stuff like positive things, you have to hold yourself to a certain standard. I take it, I take it serious. Mm. And and it's it's really important now because a lot of us, despite there being a Barack Obama, despite all of the first that we've had. And our probably both of our generations, there are still fields where we are still less than a minority. Um, so representation is always important to me, and it's something that I preach to a lot of my students uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of the people that I come in contact because you don't realize, you know, who was that person that you saw that encouraged you, that looked like you, that encouraged you to do what you can do, and the fact that a lot of us, you know, um, I'm in a the acting side of the arts as well. And I don't see a lot of people, I mean, growing up, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me that were doing the things that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it really made me follow my dreams later, more than sooner. Um, mm-hmm. And I think representation is really key to being successful for others. It's like the thing that we pass along. So mm-hmm. fight through whatever you have to fight through to get to where you can get to, because there's somebody watching you. You know, Absolutely. many of us, it's our family. You know, many of us, we have family members who didn't finish high school, who didn't, you know, who are working, you know, regular, quote unquote, regular jobs and not able to find careers and passion that are looking to us to be successful. And I don't think that should be on our shoulders, but just understand that they are people that are watching you and uh, yeah. looking for you to carve a way out. That's why I was, I, I like the fact that you want to teach new and upcoming and give uh, quality chefs that opportunity because, you know, that that doesn't happen for us often. Normally, we, if we're working in a restaurant industry, you may get up to general manager, but that's not even mm-hmm. as typical as you just being a head chef or, right. 
you know, in charge of the kitchen. But I love the fact that you want to incorporate the educational component in it and not just giving people a job, but giving them an opportunity to learn the field because it's a vast field. You don't just have to be in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you don't have to just be in a brick and mortar. There's so many, you know, the, the idea of a food truck, you mm-hmm. know, is, is now taking over for what a restaurant because now I can be mobile. Yeah. And still have that thing of uh, a restaurant going on. Um, in terms of what you want to put out in the world now, what are some of those things that you want to um, do in addition to this culinary art field that you haven't done yet? Hmm. It's a good question. Let me see. Um, I, I've been so focused on the culinary part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know what? Actually, this this year I'm starting to do more like events, mm-hmm. so that's I'm I'm getting into as well. When I say events, I mean like um, pop up shops. So okay. it's giving, giving people opportunity to showcase their brands as well. Okay. Uh, so I'm I'm hopping into that, but I've been very. Well, we definitely got to get that pop up shop going. Then let me let me get my spring and summer hat going and, and see what we can can figure out. Listen, that sounds very good. I'm definitely open and ready to um collab and fly out I'm, I'm like you know what let me take my talents everywhere because i'm trying to be global i can't just stay in florida let me fly out that's if you're trying to make crab cakes i'm just saying i'm not <laughs> saying your crab cakes are already popping uh-huh. just, just take them to that next level got you got you got you come come get something real and then you yeah, like, I'm, okay, I got you. I'm gonna need the critique from the master you got you the <laughs> you're the OG crap cake. I, so I know you're good. vegan, but you gotta at least taste one. So okay. you're like, okay, this is what I'm about to do. This is what I'm about to do. All right. I'm about to do. That's the challenge I'm gonna give to. Okay. Now, I would love to do a pop-up shop with you. Our summer here, because of the pandemic, it's really been off. But mm-hmm. summers here are typically our our uh festivals. And we have everything from the burger festival to the cheeseburger festival, the fry wing festival. But hopefully this pandemic is, you know, um, easing up on us. Hopefully, I'm, I'm not even going to think about the, the opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can get back to that because, you know, I'm quite sure even there it's been somewhat of a hindrance. But y'all while now in Florida. So uh, been, what about Atlanta? You ain't saying nothing about Atlanta been open. They been Atlanta open. is over the top. Uh-huh. Atlanta is out of control. They hold another country themselves. Right, 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 right. I'm nervous and going back to because uh, I have the station that myself and DB are on, like getting there and actually seeing the new space and everything. But uh-uh. y'all, y'all southern is just wild now. I don't know. We what's just live our lives. We just live our lives. In the water or the sunshine. I don't know. That's why it's snowing. It's snowing in Atlanta right now. Mm-hmm. They're playing. They are not listening. God is not pleased. <laughs> um, so as we as we kind of close out uh, mm-hmm. your interview, um, my question that I typically ask to all of my guests are: uh, <clears throat> What advice would you give to your seventeen year old self? And what question would you ask to your 100 year old self? Well, you said what advice would I tell my 17? What advice would you give to your 17 year old self? And what question would you ask to your 100 year old self? Um, my 17 year old self, um, I would tell to just do what makes you happy. 
Yeah, if it's in your heart and you feel like, yo, I want to do this, it's something speaking to you, just do it. Don't worry about nobody else. Um, and my 100-year-old self, I would ask, um, are you fulfilled? Mm. Mm. Yeah. So the, the secret behind the, the question to the 100-year-old self and the advice to your 17-year-old self, it tells you where you are right now. And from hearing you speak it, about your passion, you are on a mission of fulfilling your happiness. In terms of the question that you ask your 100-year-old self and the advice. To, to seek that happiness and do the things that make you happy. And then you ask your hundred year old self where you fulfill. You know, and tell that that should be confirmation of what you're feeling right now. Absolutely. And periodically, if you ask yourself those questions, uh, those two questions as a meditation or just like a daily, you know, meditation prompt, uh, it's gonna tell you where you are in that moment. If you mm -hmm. ever find a, a place where you may be hitting a brick wall or you feel as sluggish, ask those two ages that information and you'll understand where I'm at right now. You gave a very mm -hmm. direct answer to where you are right now. You are doing something that is very scary, very financially, you know, uh, and a risk, but you are finding your happiness in it. And it's the difference between a career and a job and your passion and the things that make you happy. A job mm -hmm. will always pay the bills, sometimes, not the way they're paying nowadays. But, mm -hmm. you know, and even having a career, you know, it, uh, it, it, could be, it could be financially fine. But if you're not happy in it, I have a problem with people telling our children not to go to college. They can, you know, go to YouTube University or go to a trade school, but those things may be true for one or two of those students, but not for all of them. And I'm right. all for, you know, people finding that happiness, even if it costs you your comfort for a moment. Mm -hmm. Because that discomfort is preparing you for what that journey is going to be like. And I love to see young Black people, Black people in general, Mm -hmm. uh, really fulfilling their goals and finding that space to be themselves. Because I'd rather be 80 years old fulfilled in life and have a couple dollars in the bank versus have a million dollars and I'm still unhappy. We've seen several celebrities and rich people who are killing themselves right now because they don't feel the money isn't enough. Right, absolutely. Finding that passion is very important. Um, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for coming on, taking the time um, uh, from your cooking, from getting my crab cakes together, ah. and, um, my cookies and such, to uh -huh. <laughs> to come on the show. Um, lastly, give out your social media again, where we can find you, uh, where people can book you if they want to bring you um, to their city, their town, speaking it forward. I, you know what? I love that. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> um, my YouTube is Fine Fine Lemon Lime. My Instagram is Fine Fine Lemon Lime Official. And you can email me any inquiries at fflemonlime at gmail.com. Okay. So I appreciate you. Have a great day. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your night. I hope the weather isn't horrible there. Uh, and be safe out there while you're transitioning. From this career to cadet career. Just be safe out there and enjoy yourself. Wear your masks. 
social Correct. distance, all that jazz, because we need you together and healthy for our pop up shop. Yeah. Speak on that. Speak on that. Speak on that. I'm definitely going to step in with you. Thank you for having me. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a pleasure, and I'm wishing you all the best in your endeavors as well. We will be linking. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna you have know, to get right for you. I'm gonna have to do these cookies. Whenever you have something new coming up, you got a different phase. Call me, and you come on a show, promote it, and I'll push it out for you as well. Um, and it's mutual. You know, as much Absolutely. as I need the help, I'm going to give it as well. So. Much luck and much success in your future and all that you do now. Thank you. Thank you. Same to you as well. Thank you. Thank you. So we have a couple more minutes left in the show, and uh, I'm going to give that to these people. Um, Currently, we have some news. Is this story true about Kanye? Uh, says news in Texas over 200,000 signed petition, petitions to free brothers after they beat stepdad to death after they found out he was raping nine-year-old sister. They faced cap- capital murder and held on $1 million bond. Um, I saw that story and I really, I felt some kind of way about it because typically um it's like the the wife that's being beat and she decides to kill her husband. Or uh, we had a scenario where I think a young lady had been kidnapped uh, and she eventually killed or tried to kill the person who had kept her in hostage. Um, but they always come down on that person, come down on that person. Uh, but nobody is ever there to really defend that person from the things that they're going through. And if the crazy thing for me is, if he was raping the nine-year-old sister, did he touch the brothers at all? Because it is an extreme reaction to that. It's not, I'm not saying it's not normal or an instant, because I would definitely kill somebody for my sister or my nieces if I found out that was happening. Um, and I'm saying it, you can mark this, make it a, a meme, because if somebody was to ever touch any one of my nieces, I have four nieces um, and a sister, and if somebody was to ever touch them, it would be go time. So I get that. I understand that. Um, but I'm curious as to if anything happened to the boys, the three brothers. I think I saw their, their photo. Um, I so I think they're older. Yeah, I don't think so. I think he was targeting the, the youngest child. I'm not even saying to him, but I'm saying had anything because if this is going on in a household at this point, what was going on when they were younger? Or because some of them don't look that much. This is a stepdad, so this is the mother's new husband. Yeah, but I'm saying, but but they didn't look that. They didn't look like my age. They look like they may have been early twenties. It really doesn't say when, when, like, when the mother married them. But they're right. like 17, 18. I think one of them was nineteen. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, did this happen to any of them? Because sometimes it it's happened to them, and they've been able to fight him off. But this finding out that he did it to the sister too was like made me I'm over the edge. But I saw the story, and it's just I don't. For me. And I, I actually just had this argument last night with someone. Mental disorder is, and I'm, 
I'm, I walk a fine line in, uh, as I describe pedophilia, uh, rape, molestation as a sickness, because it is. Um, my perspective on this is, so, so my argument last night was, do you send this male to, man to jail or do you put him in a facility? What, what would you want, which one would you do, Mon? Are you talking about these these kids? Well, no, not the kids, like the dad. Well, the dad, if, if had they caught the dad before they killed him, would you have put him in jail or would you have put him in a facility? Are you talking about a medical facility? Yeah. I think he would have went to jail because he knew exactly what he was doing. He's a grown man. So, but but we we say and and I'm not again. So leave all your hate shit to yourself. I'm saying for me, this type of behavior doesn't just happen. It's not. I don't feel like it's a choice. Not excusing the behavior. Are you saying there might be other? You then you must then equate that 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 to that there might be other victims. Yeah, I, I said because you don't just start doing this. Right, so that's just material. Mm-hmm. Even if, even if you know, and I, and I, I question not to say that it, it probably did happen to the boys, not that it would make a difference, um, but who else has he done this to? Mm-hmm. You know, and... and I, I mean, but, but what is the, the end result? So when you say the definition between incarcerated and or facility, medical facility. What's right. the result? Is he locked in the medical facility forever? Or is yeah, because typically, but so my, my issue with just putting someone in my issue with just putting someone in jail and in a lot of cases you're gonna let them out eventually. So you let them out and they sit in jail and either stewed over being angry because they was caught or their crazy has intensified because now they're around other people who do this and have given them hints to how to do this in a different way. And then you let that person out and they do it again. We have so many cases of people doing it again, you know, when they go into jail, because jail is not typically a rehabilitation space, not a, not the jails that, you know, are out now, especially these private jails. They're just ways to make money off of prisoners. Um, but I, I would say put this person in a facility. A lot of people feel putting someone in a facility is not is a slap on the wrist mm-hmm. or a cakewalk. And I don't think so, because if you're getting the same intense care that you would be getting as an inmate, or, or say they do this amount of time and then they have to go to a facility, or they have to go to a facility, and if they've been evened out, you know, or some type of resolve has been put in them, then send them to jail to finish out their time. But don't just send them a jail to the jail. And I only have this issue with people that they are planning to let back out into the general public. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's kind of interesting because I, I would have said if this was a grown person that had been raped, it, it would probably have been that rape victim's prerogative. Right, right. Because being released means the torture could happen, you know, re-trauma, you know, re-traumatization to that victim. Yeah, yeah. Having that person being re-released. This is a nine-year-old who is going to have to deal with this now for the rest of their lives. It's not like you're going to forget about this. And see, that's that's the problem with just putting someone in jail, though. 
<laughs> that's the that's the problem that I had with just putting someone in jail because not that young person needs help, and I hope that they are getting beyond just social workers. I hope they're really getting the help that they need. But that's it. That's even if they're not as far gone to even receive the help. Mm, I still, regardless, because anybody can turn around. But I think what happens is, and 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 yeah. But do you deserve the right to turn around after this torture that you've done? You put upon somebody else as a grown man. Well, okay. So we're talking about two different people receiving help. So the victim receiving help is, I think, it's very necessary. Right. But in terms of like the rapist, like is is for me for R. Kelly being in jail, what help is he receiving right now? Or is he expected to do this? And I don't think his incarceration is about his help. I think his incarceration is about keeping him off the streets from doing it again. Yeah, but what happens when they let they just let Bill Cosby out? So who's to say they put you? In this situation with R. Kelly, this is not just happenstance or have have had it happen just recently this is something you were right. tried for previous and won and i and i but i get all that but what if they let him out like at the age of 80 mm. like for me it's always because some anything could happen mm-hmm. we, we didn't think bill would be getting out this soon and he did yeah so who's to say he would not that thing in him wouldn't happen again and him who, wanting to do I it. Guess, yeah, I get what you're saying, but who is this 80-year-old? I mean, because if we're looking at it in the perspective of an 80-year-old, mm-hmm. who is this 80-year-old going to be able to trauma, traumatize besides somebody in his family? But it happened. not going to keep every little child away from it. I, I don't know. I mean, I, that's just what I'm hoping they would do. But it's always, it's always, but, but see, the children that are specifically children, who are affected by this are typically children who people are not watching and who aren't that that person who believes Bill didn't do anything. I mean, and I don't want to keep using his name, so I'll say X didn't mm-hmm. do anything. And I believe in him. And then he fucks with your child. Or somehow he gets in touch with a neighbor's child. Or he I mean, Bill Cosby is famous, so you'll know who he is, but typically you don't know who these people are. If you go on a sex offenders registry list, there are a lot of blank spaces because they did not file. Mm-hmm. They didn't register or they moved and didn't write. You know, the law is that they register, but they don't have to mm-hmm. if they don't want to. Or if they move to another city, they don't have to register in that neighborhood. And if you don't know where they're coming from, you don't know which area they were in to even find their they, name. They are supposed to register. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have to. They're supposed to register, and it's breaking the law when you don't. So that is. Oh, a- your name is on the registry regardless. Right. But if you don't update the information, you don't update the address, then you right. are crime. You could be in another city, another space. You you never put your photo on there, so anything could happen. Mm-hmm. But for me, that I don't I don't know why because typically when we hear about somebody molesting a child. We go back into that past and realize somebody did it to them, mm-hmm. and that. And I'm not defending that person, but I understand now we have. No, to- I, get, I get with totally what you're saying in the psych- in the psychosis of it all. Yeah, yeah. typically trauma that happened to that person. That because this little girl could grow up to do this to other people, mm-hmm. or she can become promiscuous. I'm not saying that's only the result. She's more than likely going to be in counseling for the rest of her life. She's a child that has suffered trauma and then probably witnessed 
mm-hmm. her stepdad being beat to death because that's what happened. Yeah, so she's going. She got trauma on two ends. Watching her brothers commit the trauma to her. Yo, her father by killing somebody that was you know doing something that traumatized her. But in this case, it was her father. So that that creates a whole like you know other boundary in because we don't know if if it began to feel good to her or if it was normalized behavior for her or, or she welcomed, I mean, and, 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 and most likely in most scenarios, the, the child typically welcomes it mm. to be closer to their parent. But I don't know if this was her parent. It, it doesn't say it actually, it actually doesn't say that it was her father in, in the story because they keep using the word stepdad. I mean, I'm just saying, if that's the man in your home, that's... But that's what I'm saying. I just wanted to be sure that I wanted to say that because I didn't want to make this story seem like she, she was having sex with her actual birth dad, because we don't know that. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, I, and, and I've been argued against when I, it, it sounds like I'm defending the person. And no, no, these are relevant questions help. on both sides of the story. I do agree with you. These are relevant questions on both sides of the story. But it's, it's, it's because I always look at because they said the same thing about R. Kelly. They said he's been, he was molested by his sister. His mm-hmm. brother came out and said that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I always, it's a part of me that says we can't just let this person just, just jump out there off the cliff and become this villain because where, where were we when it was happening to them? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, the idea of them being adults understanding isn't always as clear as some of us may see Mm -hmm. because we may be doing things that may be questionable if somebody was looking at it. Mm -hmm. And so I think we often judge people based on that, but I'm just like, if you're going to let this man out or if if he would have got caught before they killed him, you know, and you, let because typically you know pedophiles get out within 10 years sometimes less than that mm-hmm. so you let this person back out and you haven't given them any type of rehabilitation and we expect for adults to heal themselves and get themselves together and, and if that was the right if that was the case friend two brothers and a friend also they wasn't all three brothers okay mm-hmm. yeah i saw the photo of them and it was you know, it was a jarring story. Brothers, Eighteen and seventeen. See, so they may have they may have been out of the house, but they may have lived with this man before. So that's why the first thing I asked were maybe one of them affected by, if not both of them affected by, the same thing. And then I'm, I'm wondering how does how did they even find out? Did they? Did well, they it, no, now that there's more than one, it does become you know uh, I think it's three. It has to be three to make it a serial. But he was. Here's the interesting part about it. It says um, he had been arre- he had an arrest warrant for sexually abusing another child. Yeah, that's 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 why I first started that question. Like this can it's not something you wake up and just do. I mean, it's always your first time doing it, but typically that's a lot earlier than what we catch you doing. It's just this is because you you had. <laughs> You had posted the other thing, and I'm because it's Tasha K. I'm not saying nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not saying nothing. Mm-hmm. But even with Kanye, I'm 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 stuck on the mental illness part of it. Like I feel like as black people, we villainize people for having mental disorders. And I understand when your mental disorder gets to a point where you are harming other people, molesting other people, 
beating other people, that's when it's a problem. Mm -hmm. But we didn't do anything. It was funny or it's something we laughed at up until that point. But we villainize people for being crazy. Like we can see Kanye being a genius. I like Kanye to, um, I cannot remember his name. I just was talking about him. But it was another musician who ended up jumping out of a window. Um, and I cannot think of his name years ago, mm -hmm. like in the 70s, I believe. And he was a musical genius. Kanye is a musical genius who is off. You can see early videos before his mom died, years before, when he was like, young, a teenager, early 20s, and he was thrown off. Mm -hmm. So he didn't just get crazy. I think his money allowed him to be more eccentric, but I don't think he just got crazy. And people are like bashing him for being off. But I, I'm, I'm really sympathetic to somebody who has a struggle that they can't control. And I feel like a lot of these people, it is not just take your medication, because sometimes this medication makes them go in the opposite direction of their crazy, but it just be more intense on that side, the other extreme of it. Yeah. I'm I'm just I, I would love to hear more about this um case because I saw I didn't read it, but I saw the headlines for it. Now I, I just um I didn't. What do you think of this? Um, we got a couple minutes. What do you think of this Tasha K um, issue? Mm. It don't change anything for me um, because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I believe in facts first before I start talking. <laughs> um, okay. and, and I believe also in the word allegedly because you're not going to put something on fr in front of something if you don't, if it's not true. And that well, people are misusing allegedly now. But right, but that was her problem. She said she has herpes. Yeah. Not allegedly. She said the baby had herpes. Right. Yeah. She, she, she basically said, I, I have confirmation that she has it. Right. And you did not have that. You heard rumors because no one told you that you didn't hear from her mouth that she had it because it's the only person that can confirm anything to you without having documentation. That was her problem. That's why she lost and that's why she has to pay that money. But her but did you see the response she made after the fact? I saw I still actually saw none of this. I just know that she lost. <laughs> well she's she's she has to pay now uh three point and the, the thing about three point is there. It's up to 3.8 million now. It can go up more. Oh, but that's if, the see, that's the thing. That is divided between the two, her and the company that represents she's representing too. So I think her portion of it is still 1.5 million. Well, no, that's her company. That's her company. company. No, that's her company. Hmm. She has she has sponsors, so she may have tried to make it seem like that, but those people not gonna take the blame for that. They were throwing ass under the under the. Her husband is supposed to be the president of it, and she's been listed as an employee. But that's their business together. They're fucking married. But she she has to. It's up to three point eight million. She has to pay her hospital bills, the the mental health bill, the and the damages. But the the interesting thing that I just found out 
you can't um, you can't have judgments discharged in terms of um, uh, damages. You can't have those discharge. You you may can have insurance on, but you can't have. Um, you talking about as far as bankruptcy is concerned. Yeah, she can't she can't file for bankruptcy. She can still file for bankruptcy. Yeah. But yeah. But she they not gonna take that off of there. So she's and she's trying to she made an official statement um uh, a couple days ago. But you can tell she has not learned her lesson. She's made this about Cardi B being a rapper representing prostitution and drugs and violence and how it's affecting children. It was a half an hour of this buffering. And she really just, you can tell, one, she's a narcissist, but you can tell she has not, you just had a $3.8 million judgment against you because of your lies that you admitted to in court and you're still not taking, I could see her still saying all those things and saying, you know what, I, I was wrong. I reported on information that I did not have factual. She didn't do any of that. She didn't take any responsibility. She's claiming that she's going to continue to appeal, which is, uh, uh, Miss, why are you appealing this? Because technically, uh, 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 what you call it, Cardi B can now sue her in a civil case now. And Cardi B can take that judgment that she just got and um, and take it to YouTube and possibly get um, get her page shut down because there's a judgment against her. But yeah, um, I'm over this. The world is got on. Mm-hmm. Very much so. It is. But I'm happy Cardi won. I had a feeling she was going to win, but I think. And even the way you just said it, I just think it's still going to, we're still, as people who are on the internet or YouTube, we have to figure out ways of reporting because we're not going to be able to do the things. I'm not saying that we've ever done anything wrong, but we still have to go from a place of not just factual information, but making sure we're not creating narratives about people. Because that's going to be a tricky field for people who are in this field. Like, you can report on factual information, but this idea of creating these narratives based off of factual information is still going to be a sticky situation. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I see a lot of people channels getting cut down. It, but that was also our problem too, because she wasn't. It wasn't like she was crediting a source that she heard this from a source like TMZ or something like that. She was saying it was factually right. Correct. Well, you know, this came from the person who was supposed to be, and that's why I don't realize. And and Cardi did probably didn't sue her because she ain't got nothing. The girl that was alleged she was her roommate when they were strippers. That's where the rumors of her having a disease came from. But she. And that's still third party. <laughs> but I think I'm surprised that it was only 3.8 million because, um, and they probably went into how much she made. They probably figured all that out too. But it was, uh, you know, she was making videos. She she was uh, one of her sponsors had this. I think it's called Pangea, and they were claiming that they could get rid of herpes or certain STDs or illnesses. 
and she was putting Cardi B's photo in in it while that commercial was playing. So all of that missed, and then she up into you. But you are in court, and these videos, these videos are still collecting views. Like it was, and I could, I'm sure her lawyer so hard. You have to take them down. These videos, these videos. What was that? Hello. That was me. Go ahead. I was like, what the fuck is that? What's going on over there? But yeah, it was, it was, you know, and of course there were no no cameras or nothing in court. So it was, you were reporting on the people who had been there, but it's still her response at the end showed me why she lost. Mm-hmm. She had no remorse, none. And then we we learned that Cardi B asked her several times before she even sent her a cease and assist. Mm-hmm. Hey, can you take them down? And at that point, it wasn't, she had 30, I think 38 or 32 uh, videos of her calling her this and talking about this and promoting it. And I think when Cardi talked to her, it was probably just a handful of them. And you still made videos throughout this process of having the court case prolonged. <laughs> and she was making it seem like, oh, that's, that four million is nothing for me. That's nothing. That's nothing. And Funky Dineva has already said, uh, I've been doing this for 12 years and uh, she ain't got it. <laughs> she, ain't, she can act like it, but she ain't got it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So thank you for everybody for listening. Um, I am really, um, I'm done for the day. I'll be back next week. Um, <clears throat> Don't forget, we're doing a monthly series uh, in conjunction with the uh, You Thought I Was Him uh, production that's coming up in November. Um, Stop rocking before we lock you away. Stop rocking. uh, Stop rocking before we lock you away. Production that's coming up in November. Why are you playing me back? I'm sorry. I, I keep pressing that button and it keeps coming back. But um yes, so I'm happy about that. Next month we'll be interviewing Mesa. Hopefully we can bring her on this platform as well. So look out for that that one. And we'll be interviewing a number of people connected to the project, both via community, artistry, so on and so forth. Um, so please stay tuned to the Artist Exchange. We have much more coming. If you want to bring your show to Be Exposed Radio, hit us up at info at beexposedradio.com. Um, and put in the message box, I want to show. Um, when you send us messages in terms of if you want to be on a show, be sure to include information on who you are so we can, you know, go through your stuff and, and see who you are uh, and see what show is suitable for you uh, to come on. Um, one of these days, Monty is going to come back and do his show. Right, um, yeah, very soon because uh, my, uh, just to just to put this out there, my very first show would be a tribute. So, which is oh well, yeah, I do. I I just I didn't just see that, but I didn't, I forgot to say that last uh, week. But Lindsay, who is I said her name right? Yeah, Lindsay, who typically was on Monty's show, and I think she was with you when you first started this the show, your show. Uh, yes, we, we joined. Uh, actually, no, she joined me at um, WFBR Radio. Okay. Uh, she passed away about a week or so ago. Yep. 
So I want to give a shout out to her family. Um, I know this time during pandemic, during the pandemic, uh, burying someone, let alone the, the mourning process, it's definitely burying someone. It's very difficult because it's a prolonged process. Uh, and you may find a, um, and it's probably not as bad as it was at uh, the peak of this uh, pandemic where people were waiting up into a month or two to be buried, uh, if they could be buried the, the traditional way. But um, yeah, it, I know it's not easy on people because you just don't mourn the same. Yeah. We don't have that, you know, that week that we typically spend with the family and loved ones. You don't typically have that right now. And none of the venues, some venues are opening up so you can have like a repass and such. But you're typically you don't get the funeral experience because that's that's shortened. Even, you know, they try to get you out there by noon. That's even a shorter process now. Um, so people just stay safe. Um, and just reach out to your family members. Um, I wanted to, you know, remark on um, Regina King's son killing himself. Um, he had a promising career as a chef, a personal chef. Um, he had uh, cooked for many of her famous friends. And he was going through just, you know, he, I think he was about 26. And he was just going through a deep depression where he didn't feel seen. Uh, and I'm sure in private, she was getting him all the help that he needed. But just check on your family members who have been solo going through this. It's not, you know, some of us try to laugh it off and we try to be strong. But, you know, in the last couple of months, I went through a really dark phase. Um, OK, I'm finishing up. Um, a really dark phase of just not wanting to go out anymore and not wanting to be around people and pushing people away. And luckily I still was able to do the show, but you know, the last couple, the, basically for December, I didn't even do my show because they had gotten to a really heightened space. Um, but just check on your loved ones, you know, um, and mental disorder is real. So we're not gonna villainize or criminalize people simply because they have an imbalance. Get people the help when you see it. Encourage them to get the help that's needed or go over their heads and get them the help. You know, if it's police or medical or whatever it may be, get the help that's necessary. And um, mental health is for all of us. So peace out. I'll see you all next week. It'll be February. So we're thinking about love and Black History Month and all that good jazz. So uh, get ready. Fridays, 5 p.m. on BeExposedRadio.com. That's the Artist Exchange. Peace out, people.